Happy Monday, everyone. Uh, this week we're going to be going through Ezra chapter 5. Um, if you kind of remember what the story has been so far, uh, the first chapter uh, they get a decree to go back uh, to Jerusalem. And in chapter 2, we see that, the, uh, that a lot of them return. Uh, they go back, uh, they, want, they get to restart um, building the temple and rebuild Jerusalem as a whole, and, um, and that's what they, get, they do in chapter 2. Uh, chapter 3, uh, they begin this uh, first by uh, offering sacrifice to the Lord. They worship Him and Him alone, and in a lot of ways give thanks to the Lord that ultimately fulfill His promise in um, bringing them back into the land um, and that God's Word reigns true. Chapter 4, that's when the enemies start to show up. Uh, they start saying, hey, uh, these enemies or the Samaritans, uh, they were syncretists. They wanted to be like, um, they wanted to be with the, the Jews. And they said, oh, we're, we worship the same God that you do. But uh, you remember Zerubbabel and Joshua was like, uh, we have nothing to, well, you have nothing common, common with us. And that they will go and build uh, the temple without them. And they are doing this because of the, decree of King Cyrus. And at the end of chapter uh, 4, uh, these enemies spent years just like um, s- slandering them and trying to thwart their, the Jews' work. And uh, one of the things that they did that was actually successful is that they wrote this letter to, to King Artaxerxes. And there's the same guy in the book of Esther. And that guy decides to uh, stop uh, the work of the Jews. He said, okay, he writes a letter back. And he said, okay, you need to stop this. So when we get to chapter 5, we begin by 16 years has passed. 16 years has passed since uh, the uh, since they stopped working. And during this time, the Jews uh, were basically um, spiritually apathetic in, in, in that these individuals, um, it's not that they stopped believing, but they just became relaxed in terms of their in terms of their zeal, uh, they were no longer as excited as they were when they first came back. Um, these opponents used legal means to step uh, to stop uh, their work, and um, and it just seemed like the whole all hope was lost because um, there was this government decree for them to not to not to uh, not to continue working. And although they did stop uh, building the temple, uh, what they actually did in in replacement of that is to start building places for themselves. Uh, they build places for themselves. They're building homes for themselves. They're trying to live comfortably. Um, they weren't really looking for a solution. They weren't thinking about how uh, how can they appeal to the king um, or what can they do to try to um, to try get back into uh, building the the temple and the and the land all over again. And uh, this is where we begin. Uh, as usual, I'm just going to talk through the chapter. Just give some observations, and then throughout this week we'll talk about uh, some applicational points. Um, so again, chapter 5, verse 1. When the prophets Haggai and prophets Zechariah, the son of uh, Ido, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. So uh, these two prophets show up. And um, if you've heard me preach through the book of Haggai, uh, this is the same guy. And in fact, if you would like, you can actually pause this and then just go listen to those two sermons. Uh, those two sermons were recorded maybe two years ago or so. 
Uh, one of them was I, I preached when I was candidating here. Um, but he gives you a little bit of idea of what's going on, uh, what he did, and what he said. So these two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, they are unique in that the, the, the things that they talk about are different. Haggai was really direct. Um, he was just saying, consider your ways. Um, look at the things that you've done, uh, things that you should be doing but not doing. Um, his ministry in the time of uh, during the time in chapter five, verse one, is only four months. He just he just did a whole, um, some preaching, uh, confronted their sin, and is very practical. Whereas Zechariah, he um, his prophecy were, uh, or his he's the guy that, that talks about like big God theology. He had the, uh, a larger message. Uh, he talked about the first and second coming of Christ, the temple being rebuilt, and all the theological uh, significance of those things. So the Lord actually sent these two, and this is unique because for a while, I mean, think about seven years exile, and then 16 years later, that this is this is like 86 years uh, since they were uh, exiled that they've actually have a prophet telling them and, and, and instructing them what they need to do. And these uh, spiritual leaders are finally there to to help them think about what they need to do. And, and actually, in verse, in between verse one and verse two, there's uh, there's a time jump. Uh, they they were uh, uh, Haggai and Zechariah spoke to them, and it's Zerubbabel in verse two. Then Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and Jeshua the son of Jehozadak arose and began to rebuild the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. So God raised up these two prophets. They confront them on sin. They gave them a picture of who God is. And what God's going to do, and keep bringing them the word of God, and that they were moved uh, to boldness to be able to continue the work. Verse three. At that time, Tentai, the governor of the province beyond the river, and Sheetel Bonzani and their colleagues came to them and spoke to them. Thus, who issued a, you a decree to rebuild the temple and to finish the structure? Um, again, this persecution continues. Uh, there, uh, it, it didn't stop just because they stopped building. They just kept, they just found reasons uh, to continue to stop, which tells you that the issue is not, the issue really is not the actual building part, but they just didn't like them because of who they worshipped. Uh, they didn't like the fact that these Jews worshipped exclusive God, uh, this one true God who they claim is the only living God. And as we talked about that last week, how uh, worshipping a God and making these exclusive statements invites persecution. Then we, the Jews, told them according with the names of the men who were uh, reconstructing this building, which is funny to me because it's kind of like they, like who told you to do this? And it's like oh, the, oh, we told ourselves, or the, or the prophet told them. Uh, but then instead of fear, verse five, but the eye of God, but the eye of their God was on the elders of the Jews, and they did not stop them until a report had come to Darius, and then a written reply be returned concerning it. And then now the, we see this letter that's uh, that they wrote to Darius. This is a copy of the letter uh, which uh, Tentai, the governor of province beyond the river, and Shizar Bozenai and his colleagues, the officials who were beyond the river, sent to Darius the king. They sent a report to him in which it was written, Thus to Darius the king, all peace. Um, let it be known to the king that we have gone to the province of Judah to the house of the great God, which is being built with 
huge stones and beams are being laid in the walls and this work is going to be great care is is going on with great care and is succeeding in their hands so these people are writing um you know basically complaining against the jews again um then we asked those uh, elders and said to them, Who issued you as you rebuild the temple and to finish the structure? We also asked them for their names so as, as to inform you that we might write down their names of the men who were at their head. Basically, it's like tattletelling. Uh, thus they answered us, saying, We are the servants of the God of heaven and the earth and are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, which the great king of Israel built and finished. So they're actually talking back, um, this is a really bold statement, they're referring back to Solomon's time. They're like, hey, we're rebuilding something that was great that you don't even know about. We're going to try and rebuild the thing that um, we're going to finish what the great king of Israel has done in the past. Because our father had provoked the God of heaven to wrath, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this temple and departed and deported the people to Babylon. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild this house. Also the gold and the silver utensils of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem and brought them to the temple of Babylon. These King Cyrus took from the temple of Babylon and they were given to one whose name was Shezbazar, uh, whom he, <coughs> he appointed governor. Uh, this was, uh, this is just be familiar because it's Ezra chapter one. He said to them, take these utensils and go and deposit them in the temple in Jerusalem and let the house of God be rebuilt in its place. Then Sheshbazar came and laid the foundation of the house of God in Jerusalem, and from then until now it has been under construction, and it is not yet complete. Now if it pleases the king, let a search be conducted in the king's treasure house, which is in there in Babylon, which is, which is there in Babylon. If if it be that it decree was issued by King Cyrus to rebuild the house at Jerusalem and let the king send to us his decision concerning this matter. So it's really interesting like that the this report is basically uh hey we try to stop them and this is what they said, now what are you going to do, King? Um and this is uh, a really bold thing that the Israelites uh were doing. They realize that they have actual they they have to they have submission to the Lord, they're gonna continue working on this temple. And uh, the application for us to think about is, is about, it's about spiritual laziness and how, how do we overcome spiritual laziness? Because how do we get from, if you look at chapter 5 in the beginning, where these Jews are just kind of hanging out to the end, being bold uh, to King Darius, how do they get from that point of being relaxed to being uh, on fire for the Lord? Um, and it's because uh, the Word of God. Sound teaching is the first domino. It's the it's a catalyst and it's the starting point to overcome every and all kinds of spiritual laziness. And that's what we're going to look at this week. How can we overcome spiritual laziness? In this chapter, I see three lessons for us uh, to consider. First is to listen to sound teaching. Second is God's character in sound teaching. And then boldness from sound teaching. And that's what we're going to look at this week. Just how sound teaching can change the mind of a believer so that they can live boldly and faithfully to the Lord. And I hope that this will be uh, an encouraging and edifying time for you as you listen and understand um, the power of God in the life of the believer. All right, uh, that's it for today. I will see you guys tomorrow. Take care.